we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing good. Yeah? How you doing? You doing great? I'm doing great. Alright, um, the Adrian episode. The Adrian episode, Adrian Smith. We're here finally. Yeah, everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> no no uh, contentious discussion about if he's yeah. a part of Maiden. Yeah. yeah Just a celebration like... of, of Adrian and how awesome he is. Yeah. Some people like Blaze. Yeah, but all people like Adrian. So. Everybody likes it. Yeah, if you don't like Adrian, don't email us. We yeah. don't care. <laughs> we don't care. We'll just laugh. Um, dive right in. Eh? We got a load to cover today. Yeah, I got a lot of clips. We got a lot of uh, there's a lot to talk about with Adrian too. Lots. Of I didn't stuff. think there was so much until I started going through it. Yeah, there's a lot. I was going through my books and digging stuff out. And... Well, I did a bit of research. I think for once I've supplied a beer. Oh yeah. Uh, so we'll get going. Get banging so, in there. Sugar Bush Black Lager. Number 0001 Seasonal Series. It seems like a deep, deep bench there. Um, a Canadian-made beer. Should we hit it? So that's a Moosehead beer. Moosehead. Moosehead. So yeah. it's, they have St. John, New Brunswick. They started up this small batch brewery for Moosehead where they do these small batches of beer. Yeah. And this is one of them. I guess it's the first based on what number did you say it was? Yeah, 0001. They're ambitious. They've they've used four digits, right? There's going to be 9,999 of these. Um, This one begins with a deliciously robust black lager with notes of coffee and cocoa uh, that we uh, infuse with pure Quebec maple syrup to give it a slightly sweet finish. Interesting. All right, we'll see how this goes. All right, hit it. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. This is lovely. This is what a color on this. It smells good. It smells really good. Yeah, I'm not a huge black lager fan. I don't like that at all. You don't like it at all? No. We're off to a, to, <laughs> to a great start here. Great beer, Josh. Taste it. It tastes like maple syrup. This is great. It's that a slight sweetness that tastes syrupy sweet to me. This tastes excellent to me. I don't know. Maybe it'll grow on me. Mm. Maple syrup, check. Booze, check. One more, one more. That is sweet. Yeah. It's syrupy. I know, I know. It's it it, it does kind of sort of taste like a warm lager with a pancake in it. <laughs> tastes like a McGriddle. McGriddle. A oh, it does. A McGriddle in a in a maiden. It kind of does, and I don't know if it's making it worse or better saying that. Yeah, it's a good breakfast beer. <sighs> well, you know, if we didn't have so much to do today, we could have probably had a little bit of a of a, a toke. Yeah, I know weed is uh, today. Mm. Recording this on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, marijuana is legal in Canada now, recreationally. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and you know what? Like everybody lined up to get it. It just shows their age, I guess. Well, I was, I was saying, who's going to line up? Like a couple of people, but it was like mayhem. Yeah, there's a lineup like yeah. around the corner or downtown at the the new weed shop. I know. It's uh, I don't understand what the big deal is because like a hundred percent of people that have wanted to smoke weed have are, have been smoking weed over the last however many years. It's not like I know people were like, oh, I wish I could smoke weed, but I just there's just nowhere to get it, and <laughs> all of a sudden it's it. legal, and they're like, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like it's been hard for anyone that wants to smoke weed to like find weed in the last fifty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really easy to get. We're gonna have to do a weed episode. We should pick some songs that we'll smoke weed to and maybe we'll even hit a joint somewhere in the middle because we'll it would a, be so such a mess we'll do a bonus episode and we'll get we'll find like uh, some strain that has like a maiden related name yeah <laughs> wasted years kush or something yeah that's right that's oh empire of the clouds oh there you go like there's all kinds of that's actually not a bad idea a we should like, do a uh, an episode where we do like the top 10 songs by iron maiden that could be weed names yeah that's right yeah um, when when twelve o'clock hit last night, did you hear the fireworks? No, I didn't. There's people lighting off fireworks, and my first reaction immediately was like, "You've smoked weed before." <laughs> like no one's laying off fireworks. I'm like, I guess you get to celebrate that it's no longer illegal. Yeah. I guess you know, but I, you know, twenty four year old me would have been like, "Woo, let's do yeah. this." But it's basically been, it's been borderline legal. Well, it's been decriminalized, and like, yeah, I don't know. Much to do, but nothing. One interesting point that uh, that I want to make before we move on. Um, as people keep debating whether or not drug dealers will go out of business. And like right now, you know, people buy weed and they buy it in these baggies and they're okay with it. 
But now that these companies are out there and you look at it and you see the percentage and it's all clean and it's consistent, it looks yeah, the same. And you can, it's this. Yeah. You, literally in five years, and I've been explaining this to people and they just don't get it. In five years, buying weed from some sketchy guy on the internet who shows up with it in like a baggie yeah. is going to be the same as like buying an IPA out of the back of a guy's truck that's an old Pepsi bottle. Yeah, it'll be like and, buying a, a jug of liquor from some guy with three yeah. X's on it. I know. <laughs> I know. And, and people, people are saying to me like, oh, the government's charging too much, like eight bucks a gram. You can get a for six and who's smoking something for six bucks a gram off some guy like no one's gonna do it i mean yeah anyway i don't know i know it's like if i was like i know i know a guy who makes his own beer and he'll sell it to you for half the price of uh, these beers yeah and you're like what's it like well it's different every time you never know what you're gonna <laughs> you get. never know what you're gonna get it might be sprayed with raid yeah <laughs> because it's not actually weed no thanks now there will be people who trade their own stock you know like people that grow just like you know if you give someone potatoes or fish or something like this yeah. you know we got an update from last week. We got some fake news. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. remember I went off on Metallica and I was like, they're charging 120 bucks for their baseline of their tickets and it's not fair to the fans, blah, blah, blah. One of my rants. <laughs> what are your rants? So, it turns out, remember Fergal? Yeah. He texted me like an hour after that episode came out and he was like, that's not true at all. I got to defend Metallica. So, Fergal sent me a screenshot of the actual ticket website where they're selling tickets and the tickets are actually 95, not 120 pounds yeah so that's you know 30 pounds that's a big difference in ticket price it's 25 pounds and that's yeah, it's still uh that's... It's 30 pounds more than metallico than iron maiden was charging yeah but uh i read these like these numbers that i used the 120 pounds is straight straight out of an article that i read on metal hammer yeah which i thought was a re- reputable like website for like metal news yeah they have an article it's called if you want a big rock show you have to pay for it by dom lawson yeah and says, here's a quote, Metallica are charging 120 pounds for tickets to their forthcoming show at Twickenham. And it just goes on to say, like, the tickets are super expensive and they only go up from there and stuff. And then if you Google it, there's like a Reddit post on the Metallica Reddit that has like, it's $183 for like the Canada shows yeah. someone posted. So there's this article after article after article about like how expensive Metallica tickets are. But then if you actually go to the website, which I did after, yeah, and you look, they're not that expensive. I don't know what people are talking about. I think maybe they're going to like the the reseller sites and they're complaining yeah. about those prices. So there's a bit of fake news. So so we were claiming that their their tickets are incredibly expensive, but they're right. only slightly expensive. Slightly expensive. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I, we were saying that they were double Iron Maiden tickets yeah. when they're only one point seven percent times yeah. one point six one point seven. Great but still. Yeah, yeah, that's some great sleuthing by yeah. Fergal there. That's good work. No, but uh, you know, I, but that just annoys me. I hate all this yeah. clickbait like crap. It's like, yeah, I know, I know. you can't even tell what's oh, the internet. I know. Am I right? <laughs> Whoever wrote that might have been high. <laughs> I don't know if he's Canadian. I don't know if he's Canadian enough to do they it. It couldn't legally. have been high. Weed only became legal today, and this article came out a week ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No one smoked weed till now. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. All right, good correction. Anyway, I just wanted to say that because I go off on another rant now about like all these news sites and making up their own oh, statistics it's so and stuff. It's so annoying. Yeah, IamRight.com. You just find whatever you need to. I get those. Uh, I get those Google alerts for Iron Maiden. Oh, they're they're garbage. Man, it's all yeah, crap. You get garbage. these like it's like you'll never guess what this person blah 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 blah. Yeah, and you click it, or it's like Paul Diano reveals. Yeah, his pre-show ritual yeah. before he goes on stage, and you click in, and he's like, "Yeah, sometimes I have a beer before a show." <laughs> yeah, I know. and that, I mean, that's it. I it's know. like a little. They take like four words out and they spin that out of the headline. And there's so many it. remaster things or like tracks that get pushed up on like these clap music services or just little things that are not things at all that get yeah. generated into auto news. Yeah, and uh, quite often it's uh, it ends up coming to my inbox, and it's just it's mostly garbage crap. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I still I still have the Google News set I still have it, it too, but yeah. most of the time I skim it and delete it. Oh, mostly, yeah. Yeah. Very, very rarely is it good stuff. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Cleared that up. Absolutely. <laughs> We're not spreading fake news on this podcast. No, this is not fake news. Fake news is bad. Okay. So, Adrian Frederick Smith. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. Guitarist yeah. for Iron Maiden. So, I'm going to go into some, like personal history stuff just to get it out of the way yeah born in hackney february 27th 1957 yeah so he's 61 years old youngest of three kids brother patrick sister kathleen blah 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 i know this is not very exciting yeah yeah who do you lose his virginity to (laughs) his first album was deep purple machine head 
So him and Dave Murray are huge Deep Purple fans. It's a favorite band of both of them. Yeah. Like one of their top bands. And remember, that we're going to do an episode on Made in Japan. That's right. Coming up pretty soon. I think it might be after this. And uh, the whole Made in Japan is like a pun on the Made in Japan, which is like a classic Deep Purple yeah. album, yeah. which is one of their favorite live albums. Yeah. I read an interview. I don't know them well. I have their vinyls from my father. Yeah. That's it. You know, they're, they're pretty heavy stuff, so it's really good. You know? They've been around for so long and had so many lineup changes and so many albums, and there's yeah. all these different eras. There's like Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, like, and different lead singers, but there's the classic Richie Blackmore, Ian Gillen. Uh, are they, are they like, they're, they're, they were pioneers in a lot of ways, but like, are they... Uh, yeah, they're one of the first, like, yeah. middle I, I yeah. plead ignorance on this, but, but would, you, would you argue, I've heard them described as like the musician's band? You know, like a comedian's yeah. comedian kind of thing. Yeah, like everyone yeah. in there is like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's right. Like a Zepp- you know how Zeppelin, everyone in there was like oh, one of the best gods of whatever that instrument. It's yeah. the same thing with this band. Yeah, yeah. I was actually uh, reading about that because uh, this Loopy World book. Yeah, I was reading again Steve Newhouse's book. Yeah, I was reading about that because I was doing some reading about Made in Japan or some when they went to Japan. There's some stuff in there about it. That's an awesome book, by the way. Anyone wants to read Steve Newhouse's book? Luke yeah, he was uh, selling them and slinging them at the Carton Horses. He was. Tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So they're they're both they they've been friends from the beginning. They're right. both diehard Deep Purple. Yeah, fans. they actually met in a record store. Dave Murray and Adrian Smith. They met in a record store when they were like in school. Everyone talks about how they have such good chemistry. Yeah, like they've known each other since they were like little kids, right? They started messing around. Dave was playing on guitar and Adrian was singing. Adrian saw when Dave showed up at school with like his guitar, how the girls were all like swooning. swooning. So Adrian's like, "Man, I gotta get myself a guitar." <laughs> Can you imagine Dave as a kid too? He probably looked like he was, you know, negative three when he was twelve <laughs> years old, right? But he he saw that he saw the effect of guitars. He went for it, right? So he bought a guitar from Dave Murray for five pounds, his first guitar, and it was a Woolworth special. That's how they described it. <laughs> and they formed this band. Not a like a gigging band, but just like playing together called Stone Free with uh, Dave Murray and Adrian and their friend Dave McLaughlin on bongos. Um, Stone Free, I assume that's like a Jimi Hendrix reference because yeah. Dave Murray always talks about how he loves Jimi Hendrix. So um, anyway, he left school at sixteen and he got serious, formed this band called Evil Ways, which eventually became Urchin. Actually, I got a funny story about Evil Ways. Back when he was in Evil Ways, he wrote Twenty Two Acacia Avenue. And he was playing a gig, and Steve Harris was in the audience. And then, like, years later, when they were recording Number of the Beast, Steve Harris yeah. was like, what's that song that I saw you play in the club that time? And yeah. they, then Adrian was like, oh, it's the song. And they turned it into 22 Acacia Avenue. Wow. So that's just Steve Harris, right? He, like, hears something, and he just... He remembers like, it. Yeah. Someday that will be one of my songs. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. I'm mostly right by listening to other bands. Yeah. And... So Evil Ways becomes Urchin. Uh, their manager had the idea to change it from mm-hmm. Evil Ways to Urchin. Um, their manager was Simon Bell, who was also the uh, the manager for Wham. Wow. <laughs> or Wham. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to play a clip now of Wham. <laughs> I'm not going to play a clip of Wham. I was joking. Uh, <laughs> I'm totally not playing. say, what's happening here? <laughs> I'm totally not playing Wham. Oh, on my the, God. On the Talking Meat podcast. <laughs> I was like, did we, did we actually smoke the weed? Yeah. <laughs> no. There will be no wham played now. No wham, no weed. (laughs) So Urchin's playing around. Uh, Dave Murray leaves Urchin and joins Maiden. Okay, so so Dave and Adrian are in Urchin and and Murray leaves. Right. And Adrian stays in Urchin. Okay. Right. So Dave's recruited by Dennis Wilcock, who's the singer at the time in Iron Maiden. And because they were in a band called Warlock, Dave Murray and Dave Wilcock at one point. So he knew him from then. So Dave Wilcock's in Maiden. He recruits Dave Murray and yeah. brings him from Urchin into Maiden. Okay. This is pre-Diano. So what, what kind of year are we looking at now? This would be 1970... Early 77. Oh, early 77? Yeah. Okay, so it's towards the end. So who's, who's, in, who's in Maiden at this point? So at this point yeah. in Maiden, you have Steve Harris, yeah. obviously, on bass. Yeah. Dennis Wilcock yeah. on vocals. He was in yeah. Smiler with Steve Harris. That's the pre-Maiden yeah, like that's Steve Harris's band before Maiden. So we got Steve Harris, Dennis Wilcock on vocals, yeah. Dave Murray who just joined. Yeah, and Dave Murray just joins, and yeah. he becomes the third guitarist. Yeah, because Steve Harris really wanted Dave Murray. He gets him in the band. They had Terry Rance and Dave Sullivan in the band already. 
So now they have three guitarists. Um, do you remember in the early years documentary, there's a time when they're talking about how there's three guitarists in Maiden now, and Steve Harris says, like, at one point earlier there was three guitars in Maiden. Okay. So this is the time when there's three. Yeah. But it doesn't last very long because Terry Rance and Dave Sullivan, they both quit because they don't get along with Murray. <laughs> this band's going nowhere. Yeah. So they're, they quit and they're replaced by Bob Sawyer, who okay. at the time was going by the name Rob Angelo. Because he used to be in a band called Nitro with Wilcox. Yeah. And then you have Ron Matthews. Remember Ron Rebel yeah. Matthews we're talking yeah. about on drums. Oh, so you have so. Steve Harris, Dennis Wilcox, Dave Murray, Bob Sawyer, and Rob Rebel Matthews. Yeah. And that's Maiden, early 1977. Wow. After Murray leaves Urchin to come to Maiden. Okay, cool, cool. So back to Adrian and Urchin. Yeah. <laughs> so Maiden's doing its own thing. Yep. Urchin, because it's Adrian episode. Urchin gets a record deal. When Adrian's 19, he's in the band, and they do, like, over 100 gigs. They record their first release, uh, Black Leather Fantasy, with a B-side called Rock and Roll Woman. And they record this without Dave Murray in the band, so he's already gone. Black Leather Fantasy, the A-side, that was written by Adrian Smith. That's excellent. Well, yeah, it's a pretty good. cool song. Um, so that's Adrian singing. Yep. He's playing guitar there as well? Yep. Yeah. Well, there's Andy Burnett and Adrian Smith are the two guitarists. Yeah. And uh, Adrian does lead vocals. Andy Burnett does backing vocals. And they also had Alan Levitt on bass and Barry Tyler on the drums. So, wow. And yeah. he's writing it. Wow. So it's very much his band in some yeah. ways. So that was uh, their first single. It was 45. The B-side was called Rock and Roll Woman. <laughs> So that's rock and roll woman that's the b-side that's a cool little adrian yeah. guitar solo this for, it's a 45 like a seven inch 45 mm. i looked online to see if i could find a used one to add to the maiden vinyl collection they're like f- between five and six hundred bucks canadian for them for a 45 they're like super rare really so i've uh, accepted the fact that these urchin singles will never be in my uh, maiden vinyl collection oh wow that's just too expensive but what i do have is these are two compilations that came out 2010 they put this album out, uh, yeah, High Roller Fortune. Uh, wow. You can see on the cover, that's yeah, a very Adrian, young yeah. Adrian. And yeah. here's a, this is the cover is a sketch of this photo. And look how young Adrian is in that picture. Wow, he's crazy young. And this isn't very good uh, podcast no, I know. <laughs> material describing <laughs> pictures of... Uh... Wow, this picture sure is great. <laughs> yeah, look how young yeah. he is. You guys listening yeah. to this, you can't, you'll never yeah. believe how young he looks. Josh says as he flexes <laughs> his huge biceps. <laughs> and then in 2012, they put this... This is another compilation of their singles and their, uh, their yeah. demos. I found out when I was looking this up, this is limited to 600 copies. I didn't even know that. You know, there's only 600 copies and you have one. Yeah cool i don't think they're in that high demand no but uh so adrian's in urchin dave murray's in maiden murray gets in a fight with dave wilcock at a gig at the bridge house in london and dennis apparently punches dave murray in the face what so uh murray leaves and he comes back to urchin oh (laughs) so dave and adrian are back in urchin together again so here's another tangent that doesn't really have anything to do with uh adrian but it's maiden related so i'm going to get into it because it's actually pretty interesting if you read you'll hear that like uh 
he got in a fight with Dennis Wilcox, got a punch in the face, left and went back to Urchin. But he actually left Maiden and went in another band in between being an Urchin and going back to Maiden. A band, it was called The Secret. And they're kind of a punk band. Before um, Murray rejoined Adrian and Urchin. Right. This Dave, is where he went on the way. Dave Murray yeah. leaves Maiden yeah. to come back to Urchin. Yeah. Because uh, of the fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah. Because of the dust up. The dust up. And uh, so this is the band. This is a clip of the song from The Secret with Dave Murray playing guitar. Uh, he was. This is a band Dave Murray was in for four months, July to October 1977. Tonight, oh, That's uh, the band he was in, Dave, for four months. That's something. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting. A, yeah, it's a kind of a rarity. So Dave gets back to Urchin. So Dave's back in Urchin, and they record another single. This time, they they record a single. This time, uh, Dave Murray's in the band. So this is Urchin with Dave and Adrian. It's called She's a Roller, another song Adrian wrote. side she's a roller that's dave murray and adrian in, in the band and you can see adrian still already like at this point writing these like catchy songs yeah you know who he, he writes like the he's catchy always songs. had a knack for uh producing you know radio friendly stuff yeah the most radio friendly like catchy maiden songs or adrian songs i mean it started even back here if you listen to these songs they're very like catchy rock and roll songs the B-side of that single was Long Time No Woman. It also has the two of them playing on it. side i looked at that one online too that one's even more expensive it's also a vinyl seven inch 45 with an a side and a b side and yeah it's like between six and seven hundred dollars the ones i could find online but the first joint recording i think so must be a must have for you that must kill you (laughs) (laughs) i I don't think there's many of them around like no 45s i don't think people yeah the worst part is too is that the people who actually have this it's like in an attic and they don't even know it Yeah. yeah yeah i know so many of them probably get like these old records they probably get like stored away and then like thrown away yeah. or you know they get damaged or left in the heat and I don't know yeah but that's a shame it's a crying shame <laughs> so this uh, single comes out yeah uh, by the time the single is released Dave Murray's back in Maiden <sighs> so Dennis Wilcock leaves Maiden now that Dennis Wilcock's gone Dave Murray's like okay I'm going back so Steve like recruits Dave Murray and like come back in the band so he comes back in the band, and they try to get Adrian at this point, too, but yeah. Adrian kind of wants to stick with Urchin. Well, it's kind of his band, yeah. but I guess now, it, obviously, Paul takes over the stage because it's, it's 77, right? Yeah, well, Paul's not actually in the band yet at this point. Dennis Wilcox's gone. So, okay, so here's what happens. Dave 
leaves, when Dave left Maiden because of the fight with Wilcock and goes back to Urchin, a bunch of stuff happens to Maiden. Bob Sawyer gets fired and they get Terry Wapram as a guitarist. They get a, a keyboard player named Tony Moore. Uh, they play one show with a keyboard player. It doesn't really work out. Ron Matthews leaves and Barry Perkis. He's, you know, Thunderstick? He went on to be the drummer in Samson. He used to play with the mask on his face. Okay, yeah. He joins Maiden to replace Ron Matthews. And then you have Dennis Wilcock, Terry Wapram, Barry Perkis, Tony Moore, and Steve Harris. Tony Moore quits slash is fired, depending on who you ask. I read an uh, interview with him where he says like he kind of left because it didn't really work. But then I also read that he kind of was... You know, there's a lot of these like maiden timeline things where it's like he quit slash was fired. Yeah. Depending on who you listen to. So Tim, Tony Moore, the keyboardist, leaves. Terry Wapram's like, there's so much going on in the band. People coming and going. He quits. Barry Perkis, Thunderstick. Uh, he's not Thunderstick at this point, but Barry Perkis. He has a bad show and quits. I read an interview with him. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. he said it had something to do with this bad show he had where uh, his wife was there and his girlfriend was there and his girlfriend's husband was there and too much Valium was involved. <laughs> too much Valium. <laughs> so it sounds like the worst night of all time. Anyway, he quits or, after that. Or the best night. Yeah. <laughs> so he leaves. Steve Harris steals Dave back from Urchin into Maiden and Maiden is Steve Harris and Dave Murray. This is early 1978. There's a whole bunch more of stuff that happens after that. We're going to do an episode on all the lineups of Maiden eventually. Yeah. We, we, we'll get into yeah. it then, but this all happens in between when Dave leaves and comes back to Maiden. Oh, okay. So, yeah, there's been 23 people in Maiden, so there's a lot more yeah, people that come and go. Yeah. But now is where it starts to really solidify. Yeah. So, yeah. Maiden is Steve Harris yeah. and Murray right now. Yeah. And Adrian's in Urchin. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to leave the Maiden for now. That's right. Because all that stuff goes yeah. on. I'm sticking with the Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> so Maiden goes off and does her thing, has a whole bunch of people come and leave and whatever. So everyone's not confused now. Adrian's an urchin. So basically, if you're following Adrian, Adrian starts urchin yep. with Dave Murray. Dave Murray leaves to Maiden. He comes back. Now he's gone back to Maiden. So Adrian's not that happy. You know, Dave's gone again to Maiden. Steve Harris is asking Adrian to also come. Urchin's Adrian's band, and he kind of wants to like see this through. So he says no to Steve and stays an urchin. You can see even. Like, back then, that, like, Steve Harris wants Adrian and Dave in his band. He's got his yeah. own hand, both of them. And he gets Dave back, but Adrian just wants to stick it out. So they ask Adrian who's their first choice. Yeah. Adrian says no. So Steve Harris gets Dennis Stratton. And that's when Dennis Stratton and Dave Murray end up as a guitarist of Iron Maiden. Because Adrian said no to leaving Urgent. They get uh, Dennis Stratton from this band he was in called Remus Down Boulevard. Uh, here's a clip of Remus Down Boulevard. This is Dennis Stratton's band before Maiden. <laughs> Dennis Stratton's band. So Dennis Stratton oh, yeah. goes into Maiden because Adrian said no. Yeah. And, you know, Urchin had a, had a record deal, had a tour going on. Adrian doesn't want to shut it down. But I read uh, that Mick Wall book, Run to the Hills. Yeah. There's a, a part in there where he says Adrian went to a Maiden show at this point and saw Dave Murray on stage and he was like kind of regretting not joining Maiden. Yeah. I mean, Maiden was like a powerhouse at the time, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, it's kind of joined a powerhouse, even though this is pre Iron Maiden album yep. recording and uh he has urchant which is basically his band so it's a tough yep. sell but D dave and him go way back yep. so they go their own way adrian's off for a few years we all know he kind of comes in um two albums in and um you know stratton is over there with harris and, and we know that paul comes and burn all this what's adrian doing now so urchant breaks up yeah and adrian is i guess he's probably totally regretting not joining Maiden at this point. Oh, God. He starts playing this band, the Broadway Brats, with Andy Barnett, who was also in uh, Urchin. I think uh, Andy Barnett started this band, the Broadway Brats, and then Adrian's kind of just in the band for something to do. Yeah. Just to, just to keep playing. So this is them after Urchin working on this. So Urchin they... breaks up yeah. the Broadway Brats. So here's a picture of the Broadway Brats. <laughs> you can see Adrian on the far right. It's 
Oh know. my god. It's very like British skinny ties and <laughs> Yeah, so Adrian's playing this band, the Broadway Brats. I read in that same book that Adrian was walking home. He had no bus money. He was walking home <laughs> in the rain, super depressed. And he literally bumps into Dave and Steve on the street and they ask him if he wants to join Maiden. If he had said no, mm. Maiden was going to ask Phil Collin, who was playing in a band named Girl. So he, Phil Collin, went on to be in Def Leppard. Yeah. But that's who they had as a backup if Adrian had said no. But Adrian says yes. He doesn't just get in the band. He has like a full-on audition. Rod yeah. Smallwood's like grilling him with all these questions and puts him through this like tough audition. You know, I get a feeling that the band, like especially... Mm. Steve Harris wanted Adrian in, but Rod Smallwood was kind of like, yeah, prove yourself first. But he does this audition, he gets into Maiden, and then at 23 years old, Adrian joins Maiden and replaces Dennis Stratton. Okay, so so Adrian's in this Broadway Brats. Yeah. Um, things aren't going good. Pitcher sums that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, he runs into, um, he runs into uh, Murray and Harris in the rain. They asked him to come back. Obviously, they're looking for someone. Uh, Dennis Stratton was on the way out or already out. What happened there? So, right. So, Adrian replaces Dennis Stratton. And the way that happened, so... Dennis Stratton there... Okay, so Kiss was touring and Maiden was supporting them. So, Kiss were huge and this was like a huge opportunity, a huge, like, huge exposure. Rod convinces the record company to put up all this money to cover the expenses. And he, like, hustles and, like, puts together all these budgets and, like finally convinces them they go out they tour with kiss yeah and so while they're on the road with kiss that's when all these cracks start to show with dennis stratton during this kiss tour i've got a funny story about this kiss tour this is like a side yeah tangent, go for it but it's maiden related it <laughs> i is. know my follow on these tangents so there's one uh, story where gene comes into the maiden dressing room before the show gene simmons yeah. and he starts talking to maiden about how much he loves their album yeah. and paul diano's like i bet you never ever even listened to it like starts yeah being all, you know, talking back at him. And Gene goes through the album, like, track by track, saying, like, about each song, and obviously knows the album. And uh, he also asks for an Iron Maiden t-shirt, and Paul's like, you'll never wear it. And Gene says something about how he very rarely wears other bands' t-shirts, but he thinks that their band's going right to the top. So Wow. Yeah, so that's a pretty good uh, compliment. Anyway. Well, you know, Simmons, who also married a Newfoundlander, we're from this little part of the world. Shannon Tweed. The weed store downtown is named Tweed. Uh, Wow. Wow, that's all coming together. She was also in Playboy, which highlights naked ladies, and we both like naked ladies. (laughs) True. (laughs) The the connections are crazy. So, uh... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we haven't smoked any weed before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, you wouldn't know which it, Which is though. crazy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. We're just high on life. So on this Kiss tour... Um, yeah, Dennis Stratton. Was he Dennis doing Stratton. Rock? Yeah. He doesn't really do anything. He just kind of grows apart from the band. Steve Harris does a quote here. He says, like, he was into the Eagles and the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. And he still, like, played Eagles songs during soundcheck. Yeah. And... There, was he, and wasn't he a few bit older, too? Yeah, he was five years older than the yeah, rest of them. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he had a wife and kids, so he was kind of on a different oh, wavelength. always ruined it. <laughs> wife and kids is the worst. The worst. Just kidding. And, uh, and there's another part where they're traveling on the tour bus, and yeah. he started traveling on the Kiss tour bus with the crew and going out oh, with Kiss no. and kind of hanging out with them instead of with his own band. And, like, Steve Harris and Rod Smallwood, like, that does not go over well. Like, they yeah. want Maiden to be, like, this team fighting yeah. it out on the road. And he's kind of doing off doing his own thing. Yeah. And they just were not having it. And I get a feeling that Rod Smallwood just didn't get along with him at all. And that was a big yeah. part of it. And they just kind of, like, forced him out. So, October 1980, the last gig of the Kiss Tour is the last Dennis Stratton show. Yeah. And he did show up when they filmed that Women in Uniform video shoot. Yeah, that's And right. that was the last time he played with Maiden, even though... It's a video shoot. It's not like a concert. Yeah. And uh, a few weeks after that video shoot, he gets called to Rod Smallwood's office and he gets fired. So that's how he came out of Maiden. He just kind of like wasn't on the same wavelength. And yeah, I think Rod Smallwood had a lot to do with pushing him out. But where was Killers at this stage? This is pre-Killers. Pre-Killers. Yeah. Right. So they hadn't started recording at all. No. No. Okay. So anyway, I like Dennis Stratton. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of stuff after he left as a, like uh he said a few things in the press immediately after he got fired from the band. Yeah. Called, like, Steve Harris, Sergeant Major Harris, saying, you know what I mean? But, like, I've never heard him say, that was immediately after. Ever since then, I've never heard him say anything bad about Maiden. He seems like a really stand-up guy. I've read a bunch of interviews with him. He's super positive about his time in Maiden. 
And I read in an interview too that uh, he doesn't get any royalties from Maiden right now, oh, right? Because okay. he's not involved in any of the songwriting. And uh, he's still playing around. There's a clip that came out a couple of weeks ago of him and his band doing Fan of the Opera. And it's amazing. His guitar playing is still amazing. And it's yeah. it's as good as a Maiden version, the version that he does with his band. It's yeah. really cool. Um, and he went on to form Lionheart after Maiden. So this is from the album Hot Tonight by the band Lionheart. And this is Dennis Stratton's band after he got kicked out of Maiden. Back to Adrian. Adrian joins Maiden, replaces Stratton. He joins Maiden on November 1980 at 23 years old. And he just loved being in Maiden. Like, it was a paycheck. The money was really good. They had a tour bus, roadies, a full crew. And I, I would assume that playing with Dave Murray again must have been awesome. You know what I mean? The two yeah. of them are like childhood friends. Um, his first gig with Maiden is at Brunel University at Uxbridge. There's like 2,000 people. So he's used to playing a couple hundred people. Wow. In Urchin, now he's like it's a big upgrade, and uh, that was his first live gig, like live concert. But his first public performance was a German TV show called Rock Pop. So November eighth, nineteen eighty. So uh, this is like he he barely joined. It's a week or two. He's into Maiden. Um, they did Running Free and Remember Tomorrow, and this is a clip of the first performance he ever did with Maiden. It must have been. It's the same month that he joined Maiden. Spielt die eiserne Jungfrau aus England, Iron Maiden, nur eine ganz bestimmte Richtung, nämlich eisenharten Heavy Metal Rock. Ich bedanke mich wie immer fürs Zuschauen, wünsche Ihnen noch einen schönen Abend und freue mich aufs nächste Mal. Bis dann alles Gute. Tschüss. So I cut that clip off as soon as the song started because they lip synced. I just wanted to put the intro in. It's a lip sync because I laid in uh, the audio editing software I use, the album track and that live track, and it's the same track. It's just... But they did that a lot on those TV shows back then. So after that, they do a a short UK tour to break them in. They're kind of supporting that Women in Uniform single. And they ended that tour at the Rainbow. Um, The tickets I read for that uh, show were two pounds. (laughs) <laughs> Can you believe seeing Maiden in a uh, uh, pretty small spot for yeah. like two pounds? And you know what? I heard back then Metallic was charging eight pounds. <laughs> eight pounds. So yeah, this is eight. Well, Adrian's been in the band for like a month, and they do this uh, Rainbow show, which is on the Early Days DVD, The History of Iron Maiden Part One, the Live at the Rainbow concert. So that's Adrian, really, really newly in Iron Maiden. Yeah. But he just sounds amazing. Like, here's a clip of Adrian from that Live at the Rainbow show. So that's from the rainbow so yeah. i mean he's in maiden for you know one month at this point yeah. and i mean he just sounds amazing like this, you know he's yeah. just such a great guitarist and the other thing is where him and dave murray were such childhood friends and they kind of grew up playing guitar together uh like this is normally if you're in a band for a month your chemistry with your other guitar player is probably not that great but these guys just have great chemistry like immediately 
so you can just hear how him and Dave Murray, like, they just play harmonies together perfectly. So after that, into the studio, they record Killers. Adrian's in the band from Killers right up to right before No Prayer for the Dying. Yeah. Classic phase of Maiden, right? From Killers to Number of the Beast, Peace of Mind, Power Slave, Somewhere in Time, Seventh Son. Yeah. Like, so many amazing, amazing solos in there from Adrian. Songwriting, solos. Yeah, Golden Era. Yeah, the first phase of Adrian Smith. Yeah. I was just going to play a couple of my favorite Adrian solos. Yeah. from the first phase uh i know you have a bunch of them picked out there too uh yeah. this is i think an underrated solo it's the solo from prodigal son those like really slow bluesy solos and that one i never hear people talking about but i love that solo yeah that's awesome it's no question i mean be honest with you like when you pick out adrian solos it's it's they're all awesome oh yeah but of course i'm gonna throw in a few of my classics okay i have to go back to the classics um not well you know i'm just i've got i've got a few picked yeah. for this and for the later years based on kind of stuff yeah. that we've talked about and a few that a lot of people don't think about but this one is obviously I was going to throw this in anyway you talk about the um, the way that they play together I picked a back-to-back solo so it's going to start with Murray and then go into Adrian but uh, I had to do Flight Icarus because I had to plug the song again just for a bit of fun. I know, it's like one of your favorite Maiden songs. I always right? bring it up, you know, just for a bit of kicks. But, so um, I also have a clip yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. It's the isolated solo. Oh, cool. So it's kind of cool to hear. Dave Murray and Adrian just complement each other so great. Yeah. It's just amazing. They're so different in some ways, but it's so seamless when they play together. Yeah, yeah. And they you just can't pick, tell yeah. when one starts and when the other And I think that's because they were playing together for so long yeah. since they're kids, right? They just, they can almost read each other's minds. Yeah. They have a, uh, that their chemistry is just amazing. Yeah. I picked another solo. This is a classic, classic Maiden song and a classic solo from a classic song. Adrian plays a solo. He didn't write the song, but he plays a solo on it. It's super memorable. It's Dumber of the Beast. So that's a classic, you know, Maiden solo. Yeah, that's deadly when you hear it like that. I'm going to throw another classic, uh, Two Minutes to Midnight solo. Love this one. I actually have a isolated solo of that, too, if you want to... uh, Let's play it. Hold on, let me find it. (laughs) 
So if we're going into uh, classic Maiden solos, another one that I have an isolated solo from, uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Awesome. All these solos that we're picking, you can really tell Adrian's style is really like melodic yeah. and memorable. It's not just like a bunch of runs and like improvising, like do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Yannick does that a lot. And Dave Murray solos, as much as I love them, a lot of times they're just like these runs up and down. Like I read a quote somewhere where he says he knows where he wants to start and he knows where he wants to end, and he just kind of like <laughs> does whatever in between. Yeah. But Adrian's are very like thought out and memorable and like melodic, and I love them. Yeah, very technical. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Next one up, what are we doing? Wasted years. Oh, okay. One thing I love about that solo is that yeah. little part at the end that he keeps doing a little bit of a solo after the yeah. vocals come in. Yeah, that's right. And it just sounds so cool together. I think I mentioned that in the Somewhere in yeah. Time. It's, it's crazy because as soon as you're playing that, like I was just waiting for the vocals to kick in. Yeah, it's hard not later. to when you hear these classic solos. You're oh, wasted dying years. to hear it. I know after we <laughs> record all these podcasts, it's like I leave here to drive home and I'm just like putting Maiden on in my car and cranking all these songs. Because you want to hear yeah. you hear the clips and then you just want to hear the whole song and rock out. Yeah. Another song... Uh, I think amazing solo one of maybe one of his best solos uh, caught somewhere in time I love the solo Another one that I think is equal to it, I'm going to play these two together because uh, I associate these two songs together, Stranger in a Strange Land. I think this is equally like one of his best solos. Maybe better than the last one. Stranger in a Strange Land. I always put those together. They're both on the same album. Both, both. They're both amazing album, solos. Yeah. We covered cool. that album Summer in Time a long time ago now. Great yeah, album. Yeah, that was a, seems like forever yeah. ago. Love it. Love it. One of my favorites. Um, I'm going to, my next two, we'll, we'll space them out. But the next one from Seven Sun. Seven Sun, Can I Play with Madness? One of my favorite tracks. <laughs> That's really cool uh, when you isolate it like that. What what's going on there? Like, there's a lot of effects, isn't there? 
Yeah, the, it's a really the guitar has a lot. It's very like processed. There's a lot yeah. of like guitar effects. I don't know if that's guitar synth or if it just has like a lot of effects, like yeah. a harmonizer on it or something. Yeah, but uh, well, it's we, that Seventh Son sound that yeah. you think of when you think of Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. Yeah, and you picture that kind of sound. Yeah, we went through that a lot when we did that album. Yeah, we it's did. definitely you really hear it there when it's isolated. So the the other one from this album, uh, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. The title track, the solo, this is awesome. Oh, yeah, this is awesome solo. classic solo yeah i love it people always say they love hearing the clips yeah but uh i'm gonna play one more clip one last one from this era of uh adrian being yeah, the era the, the the first adrian the first stand, adrian this is era. early on what's yeah. the clip so this is going back to number of the beast yeah. this is one i want to play because it goes back to the pre-urchin days this is the one that he wrote when he was before he was even in urchin he brought it back yeah. when he was in maiden when they're recording number of the beast 22 Acacia Avenue. to Avenue is awesome yeah that's great anyway there's a whole bunch more but like yeah we could go all we day could go on all day playing Adrian yeah. solos but so if I could then summarize yeah it, um, because we're going to break this down into two parts yeah and at the end we'll reflect on his contribution to Maiden in, in total I don't think it's, there's no controversy in this this is really just a celebration of Maiden to kind of yeah Adrian to, to, to uh, kind of round it out but he he was very dominated by Urchin in the early years. That was kind of his band. Yeah. Another little side project. Murray and him were very close and always in touch. And Murray to the point where he was even in Urchin with him for a while. And they were trying to get him in, in Maiden. And then eventually he came over after Stratton. And he's been in there this whole block of time until uh, he leaves for his solo project. Basically at the end of... Right. Well, he doesn't before. actually leave for a solo project. Right. Um, December 12th, 1988. Yeah. Hammersmith Odeon. That's the last show Adrian plays with Maiden. But no one knows that at the time, right? Everything's yeah. going great. It just happens to be that's the last show of the tour. I have a clip of that, actually. This is a clip of Adrian playing with Maiden, the last show of the last tour that he did before he left.
So nobody knew it at the time, mm. but that was the last time Adrian would play with Maiden. Uh, and that was actually the last time they've ever played Still Life. They've never wow. played it since. That, uh, that show, they played Infinite Dreams and Still Life, and they've never played those songs again since. Yeah. So that was uh, December 12th, 1988. Yeah. And like at this point, everyone's happy. Adrian loves the way Direction Maiden's going on. Everything's going great. Uh, after this tour, the Seventh Sun tour, Maiden takes some time off. They take like basically a year off. Adrian Smith decides to do a solo album. So remember we talked about the entire population of Hack- Hackney? Yeah. So that was the first kind of solo project that Adrian did while in Maiden. So that was after the Power Slave tour. Got a bunch of people together, did a couple of shows. They never recorded anything. It was just kind of a thing they did for fun. Two of the people in the entire population of Hackney, Andy Burnett and Dave Colwell, will go on to be in this new solo project. The entire population of Hackney, that was after the Power Slave tour. This band is after the Seventh Son tour. So after Seventh Son, he does the same thing. He gets some of the same guys together, a bunch of buddies. They get together. They form this band called ASAP, which is Adrian Smith and Project. Um, so he kind of has this thing where he gets his friends together in between albums mm. and does his solo stuff. He did this as like a something to do, I think, for fun. It's not like he turned his back on Maiden and went solo. He just kind of, there weren't really, Maiden wasn't really active at the time. I read an interview where he says he used to throw out any of his songs that weren't like suitable for Maiden. He said after the entire population of Hackney, they used a few of those songs as B-sides on Somewhere in Time. After they started using them as B-sides, he kind of decided to start keeping all these ideas and so they're just throwing them away. By this point, after Seventh Son tour, he's got a whole bunch of these non-Maiden sounding song ideas kind of built up. So this is kind of his chance to kind of use them up and kind of do a lot of the stuff that he has written that's not really appropriate for Maiden or that they wouldn't use in Maiden. Remember he did that song, Reach Out? It was the B-side. Yeah. During the Summer in Time. And Martin Birch said it sounded like a Brian Adams song. Yeah, I remember this. We covered this on the podcast, didn't we? Yeah, we did it when we did Summer in Time. That's right. So this is the kind of stuff Adrian writes that's not really Maiden sounding. Although this is technically a Maiden song. It's Maiden... It's full-on Maiden with Adrian singing. So that's the kind of stuff that Adrian and his buddies write when they're away from Maiden, right? But he wrote that in his first kind of solo project. Yeah. So after Power Slave Tour, he has that population of Hackney Band. Yeah. After Seventh Son of a Seventh Son Tour... He starts this band ASAP. Yeah. So it's Adrian Smith and Project. And I have the vinyl here if you want to look at it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Adrian Smith, Andy Burnett, Dave Colwell, Richard Young on keyboards, Robin Clayton on bass, and Zach Starkey on drums. So do you know who Zach Starkey is? No. Ringo Starr's son. Ringo Starr's son. So Ringo Starr's son is the drummer in this ASAP band. And and a couple of these guys were in... Population of Hackney, or is it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of them uh, was an urchin, urchin. Andy Burnett. Cool. Yeah. So he's, so he's sticking true to his old yeah. guys. And it might be a way for him also, yeah. you know, having Urchin was his band, you know, to kind of give something with his buddies. Right? Yeah. He's still keeping them in the yeah. loop and writing songs and playing with them. So I don't know how uh, Ringo Starr's son ended up in his band. But anyway, <laughs> he's the drummer. <laughs> Funny story about uh, Ringo Starr. Um, there was an interview once with the Beatles. Yeah. And a reporter asked the asked uh, John Lennon, and he's like, "Is Ringo Starr the best drummer in in the world?" And John Lennon's like, "Ringo Starr's not even the best drummer in the Beatles." <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah. No way. <laughs> That's great. It's funny. Uh, anyway, that has nothing to do with this. So ASAP totally doesn't sound anything like Maiden, and you can see how he had these songs built up, and this is his like outlet to get these kind of radio friendly Adrian songs out. Um, this is a song, this is the title track called Silver and Gold.
So that's the title track. This is another song from the same album, ASAP. Uh, the song's called The Lion. I'm in a cold, cold sweat. Very non-maiden-y. No, there's a hint of, hint of Brian Adams, but definitely a hint of Bon Jovi in there. Yeah, it's that same. Yeah. Well, it's 1989, and the production sounds very, like, radio-friendly. Yeah. You know, this I, is... Kind of, he Like, Adrian really has the streak of, like, radio-friendly, catchy songs yeah. that he wants to put out. And I think Steve Harris kind of takes them and makes them more maiden-y. But all his songs are very, like, kind of catchy. And when you don't have the rest of Maiden, it doesn't go through the Steve Harris filter. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that you get. You know what I mean? I know. And uh, I mean, it's pretty good. I've listened to it when I actually tracked down a copy of this on vinyl. I was like, oh my God, I can't get into this at all. But like now that I've been listening to it a bit, they've kind of grown on me a bit. I would never really listen to this if it wasn't an Adrian Smith Maiden related thing. But it's not something I would listen to very much. But uh, anyway, that's the ASAP album. So they release it. It kind of flops commercially. Uh, they did a really short UK tour. Um, so right around this time is when Bruce does Tattooed Millionaire too. So this is the year after Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Bruce is doing Tattooed Millionaire with Yannick, who has nothing to do with Maiden at this point. Uh, Adrian does this ASAP album. It's all around the same time, 1989. So this leads right up to when they start recording No Prayer, and that's when everything falls apart. In Ad- well, not everything falls apart, but this is where Adrian is out of Maiden. So we should probably wrap it up here. That's the first... Yeah period of adrian from you know growing up with dave playing an urchin a couple little side projects gets into maiden does a bunch of classic albums and a bunch of classic songs does this side project on the side comes back they're just about to do no prayer yeah next episode we'll get into he leaves and what happens after that yeah Ooh. yeah cliffhanger yeah Cliffhanger. Does he come back? Does he come back? Who You'll knows? Never know. Who knows? Okay, let's reflect back on this beer. The Sugar Bush Black Lager. Too sugary. Too sugary for Moosehead. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it, but I don't think I'd ever drink another one. It's patch. It's the series 0001. I can't wait for 0002. Like, I've had a lot of black lagers before yeah. that were delicious. Mm. And I've had black IPAs, black lagers. Yeah. Um... I'm glad they did a small batch because yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a big seller. Too sweet. And I like porters and stuff, but the porters I like are the ones that aren't so sweet. Some of the porters I have are really sweet too and I don't like it. Yeah. But that's just personal flavor. But no, it's, it, it, it's a good beer. It's interesting beer. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's a, a, a very interesting um, take on the early um, Adrian. I didn't really know a lot of that stuff other than the bit with the early years documentary we did, which didn't really include him, right? So, you know, his urchin stuff I knew a little bit about. Um, it's interesting. And, you know, when you look at it, he's kind of got... We always talk about Blaze, and when you see people see this divot, and then people talk about Paul. But there's also this whole Adrian irk in yeah, the two Yeah, the Adrian, right? Yannick, and then... Yeah. Yannick, Yannick yeah. and Adrian. Yeah, well, Stratton is, oh, yeah, is Stratton the Paul. Yeah. And then Yannick is essentially the Blaze. Yeah. And then he comes back. So it'll be interesting to see the gaps to fill that yeah. in. It's and cool then, the way they overlap, too. It's yeah. Like, different combinations of people in the band absolutely and we we bang through a lot of clips during the original but really where it gets exciting for me is the clips when he comes back because there's so much good stuff that i don't yeah. think people know so i'm really pumped about that yeah so yeah, that was pretty yeah. much just like a yeah a, a ton of really classic clips yeah of adrian from that first adrian era but to me the guitar playing in that in that first era is amazing but I think it even goes up. It goes up another level when he comes back in the band. His second phase in Maiden, I think his solos are just like on another level. Yeah. But there's there's still one cliffhanger. What's that? What did Murray say to get punched? How could he ever get punched? <laughs> I mean, for what? He was like, guy was having the worst day of his life and Murray was smiling. I can't <laughs> imagine anyone punching Dave Murray oh in the face. Oh my God. Like, I, you just couldn't do it. He's just too, too nice. sweet. Yeah, it's like punching a kitten in the face. <laughs> like punching a baby. 
This beer is awesome. Oh, that didn't, if he didn't like hate Dennis Wilcock because of all this lawsuit stuff. Oh, God. Now you have a reason. He punched Dave Murray in the face. Ooh, maybe, maybe Dave Murray should do a, charge him with assault. <laughs> I think the statue of limitations has run out on that. Probably. Okay, we're Talking Maiden. Go to TalkingMaiden.com. Um, if you haven't rated us on iTunes, please do. Just go on there and just click five stars. Just click five you stars. You don't Easy. have to write anything. Don't even need don't to write anything. You don't have to type anything. You don't have to do anything. Just click on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can get us TalkingMaiden.com. Uh, until next time we do the next part of Adrian, we're looking forward to that. Yep. So see you then. Until then, up the irons and down the hops. Thank you.